Welcome to Piano Writers and Works. My name is Holly Harland and in today's episode is Scarlatti and Sonata. Giuseppe Domenico Scarlatti, also known as Domenico Scarlatti, was born on the 26th of October 1685 in Naples, Italy. He was the son of the famous composer of vocal music, Alessandro Scarlatti. At age 15, he secured an appointment as an organist at Naples. In 1705, his father sent him away from Naples to Venice to study with composer Francesco Gasparini. A credible student of Corelli, Francesco Gasparini was a composer specialising in operas and sacred vocal music. He was also an important educator and canny administrator. It was Gasparini who hired Antonio Vivaldi as violin master at the girls' orphanage, where the latter were based most of his career. In 1709, Domenico took over his father's position in Rome as musical director and composer to the exiled Queen Maria Casimira of Poland. So he's already got some quite high status, especially coming from his father, musical background, very successful musician and probably allowed him to get become a recognisable within the music industry. The Queen, we believed, had been exiled by her son, who had become king at the time. There is not too much information, but it may have been the influence of the alliance she had with France. Nevertheless, Maria Casimira was well received and became a music patron who was mainly patronised by Domenico Scarlatti. In his role as Maestro de Capella, he composed and produced seven operas with her as a continuation of the operas written by his father, Alessandro. Unfortunately, in 1725, his father, Alessandro Scarlatti, passed away. In 1728, Domenico made his last visit to Italy, where he was married at the age of 43. And before her death, they had six children. Also in 1728, his pupil, Maria Barbara, married the Spanish crown prince, the future Ferdinand VI, and... Because of this connection, Scarlatti followed the royal pair to Spain. There he was to spend his remaining years, first in Seville and after 1733 in the royal residence of Madrid. Many links with the past seem to have been cut at this point. Um, the sort of stylistic development of the harpsichord sonatas began. He virtually disappears as a composer of vocal music and there is no evidence of his participation in the extravagant opera productions directed at the court 
by his friend, the singer Farinelli. The fullest surviving record of Scarlatti's life and characters to be found in a series of hops called Sonatas that began with the publication of his exercises in 1738. The series of sonatas were transcribed by Maria Barbara. She later became Queen of Spain in 1746 and the musical activities of the Spanish court became more extravagant than ever. But the principal evidence of Scarlatti's own activity continued to reside in the final great series of harpsichord sonatas copied out for the Queen from 1572 to his death which was in 1757 in Madrid. He was at the age of 72 when he passed away, which is quite a long life in those days. Most of his life, his father was one of the biggest influences. However, his sonatas have been analysed to suggest that Spain and the music and culture was a definite influence. This is probably because Alessandro, one of the greats in Baroque in vocal music, did not share the same passion for piano keyboard. As Domenico was creating operas until around his father's death, I'm sure as a father figure he would have been proud of his works and to take over a role that he once had would probably had satisfied him. My assumption is that Alessandro would have been a pushy parent but wanting the best and for him to succeed. As why else would you send your son 780 kilometres away and to learn by the best? Scarlatti influence from Spain was from the flamenco style on acoustic guitar. It is suggested that the strumming of the guitar either by the rapid repeated chords or the distant percussion acciatura or even by the swift repeated frication in the bass. This influence by Spanish folk music is very evident in his sonatas. Domenico was known for his 555 keyboard sonatas, which substantially expanded the technical and musical possibilities of the harpsichord. Of Scarlatti's 555 sonatas, about 10 are for violin and continuo, Three are for organ and the rest are for harpsichord. Scarlatti's most mature period and largest output was concentrated in the years between 1753, when he was about 67, to his death four years later. It's quite extraordinary that most of your what well, most of his 
creative work was at the sort of end of his career. You know, to be continuously writing into what we consider retirement in this day and age, you would have to have a particular desire, uh, stamina, and, you know, it would have been a lot of work for himself. A sonata in music literally means a piece played as opposed to a cantata, which is a piece sung. In music, the sonata developed into the sonata form in the classical era and was an important part in composition. A consistent development is noticeable in the harpsichord music, essentially characterised by an expansion of simple binary dance form through elaborations of thematic organisation and extensions of tonal range. The innovations in keyboard virtuosity included hand crossing, often accompanied by dissonances, which is a lack of harmony, unconventional voice leading and extensive modulations. The majority of the fast movements in the earlier sonatas gives way to a greater frequency of slow movements in the middle period. At least 388 were apparently composed as a sonata pair, either in the same key or the related key. These either contrast the slow movements with the fast ones, couple complementary fast movements, or extend the total tonal range of the pair conceived as a unit. There was also at least a dozen sonatas arranged as triptychs. On the background of such simplicity and seeming limitation of resources, Scarlatti imposed a variety of sonorities and textures that elevate his writing for the harpsichord to a level comparable to that of Chopin and Liszt for the piano. If we look at Scarlatti's sonata in C major, this is a clear example where sonata what would become the sonata form is definitely used. Um, it starts in with the exposition, which includes two themes. So there's the first theme, which is quite homophonic in texture. And the theme is exactly the same rhythm in both right hand and left hand using the same chord. It moves into a second theme, um, which allows a melody and a component. The, when it gets into the second theme, it modulates into G major, which is the dominant key to C major. The exposition is ended with a perfect key cadence. 
the exposition is then repeated and then it goes into the second part which is known as the development it mainly use of the second part of the theme to modulate between different keys so it starts in the key of C minor moves into F minor into E flat major to C minor I particularly like the run, the fast um, demi-semi-craver run in the right hand it's just before we come back into the first theme heard in the exposition it's sort of like a mini recapitulation which is part of what we know was the sonata form but it's only a really short section of that first theme this time there is no modulation towards the dominant key and we stay in C major and it ends on again a perfect cadence Scarlatti's keyboard music was almost unknown beyond his imitated circle and exercised little direct influence on his Italian successors or on German and Austrian composers such as 
Bach, Haydn, Mozart, and a number of whose stylistic features it anticipated. It was not until the edition prepared by the Italian pianist Alessandro Longo that virtually all the harpsichord sonatas became available. This was published in 1906. An almost complete edition of arrangements for piano of the 555 sonatas, grouping them accordingly to key by splitting up Scarlatti's sonata pairs and paying scant regard to chronology and style. In the present day, we have only really been hearing Scarlatti's music for approximately a hundred years. That is quite shocking, you know, for myself to be reading because I've always known him as a composer for piano. And to have that luxury is quite generous, you know, considering what we have today in, in regards to social media, YouTube, Spotify, you know, anything you can find on Google. But to have these pieces stored somewhere and then be found decades later and for them to be restored and now played is in itself a celebration because he probably didn't get that even though he was successful in his time. It sounds as though he didn't really influence anyone in the piano community. He was one of the few Baroque composers to transition into the classical period. So what I mean by that is that we've talked about the sonata. You know, this was a new form that he was incorporating in his compositions. And we know it as something that the classicists did. Though know, Haydn, Mozart, you know, the big names that are celebrated today. So it's quite weird to me to know that they weren't influenced by him. Obviously, there isn't, wasn't any sort of outlet to put your work on display for around the world. So it would only be by the word of mouth. But even so, pianists are influenced by the people at that time, and vice versa. Scarletti made an impression on Baroque music and that he is definitely credited to expanding the music possibilities associated with the harpsichord, definitely expanding the range and what you could do in composition is definitely something that we take for granted as pianists and it was something that they were excited about to start and incorporate.
and I hope this episode has enlightened some people that although we know him as, well, I know him as a credible source to piano, it seems others didn't. Thank you all for listening to Piano Writers and Works. Don't forget to follow on social media at hrh.music on Instagram and TikTok to get the exclusive behind the scenes. See you all in the next episode. Bye.